Welcome back, my scions, my deliberate followers and seekers of the truth that will come at you from all angles. My name is John Nafziger, and welcome to another episode of Drunk Mysteries. I am joined by my co-host who has been known to be beset um, just by all sorts of hazards and conquer them. John, I'm not beset by any hazards. My name is Ben Bateski, and I am the host who is joined by my somewhat lesser co-host, John Napsker. And Hang on. Um, before we say anything else about the mystery we're about to cover, I would just like to make a quick parlay to you, the fans. And that parlay goes as follows. If you have not registered to vote for your favorite podcast, I suggest you do so now by going to whichever app you use to listen to podcasts and quickly subscribing and reviewing to the podcast you cherish more than all others. Now, what is, this what is one, voting for their favorite podcast, which is Drunk Mystery, is going to get them, Ben? It'll get them free shout-outs on Drunk Mysteries by yours truly and my lesser co-host, John. Stop saying lesser co-host. I'm not sure I feel Now, John, I have a question. Yeah. Have you seen how many stars most of the last three reviews have gotten us? They've given us 10 out of 10 stars. Yeah, they've given us 10 out of 10, even though iTunes only allows you to... You know, give five stars to any given podcast, meaning that we have gone gone above and beyond the Call of Duty. But enough of that, John. What are we drinking on tonight? Tonight we're drinking Fat Tire, New Belgium, Belgian style ale. You had it. It has a crisp, clean finish. Also, it will get you drunk. Wow. It's employee owned. Uh, They're from Colorado. It's cool. They have a bike on the front. You should get it at your local convenience store today. Yeah. Now, John, it's also important to note that this is a Belgian-style ale. It's brewed and canned by New true. Belgian Brewing in Very Fort true. Collins, Colorado, and Asheville, North Carolina. But enough of this. John, it's time we talk about the mystery we're going over tonight. I've been waiting with Ben. And I breath. would like to tell you something. Something fantastic, dangerous, deadly, science fiction-esque. Now, listeners, ray guns, death rays, laser beams, blaster cannons, they go by many names. It's a brand of seemingly energy-based weapon that you have seen in fictional science fiction movies, and they're commonly used by aliens, our favorite Star Wars characters, sci-fi, comic book villains, and, and the like. Now, unless you're a fucking nerd, you probably assumed these space weapons were relegated to the world of fiction and don't actually cause chaos and destruction in the real world. Well, my friends, I have terrible news for you. You could not have been more wrong, dead wrong. Tonight, my, le- my, le- my listeners, my science of truth, we speak of an actual ray gun attack that happened in 2016 to American diplomats in Cuba. Tonight's episode aims to solve the mysteries of what types of weapons were used in this actual 2016 attack on American diplomats in Cuba, who used them, and most importantly, why. Now, before we dive in, I want to just... Because I haven't, uh, well, I've read over the notes, I've glossed, but okay, I thought, go on. I want to know, do you think there was aliens at play here? Is there alien John, we're going to get into the mystery. Okay, great. So no keep that in mind, listeners. About yet. Keep that in mind, but first, listeners. But first, before John cut me off, we will tell you the story of the attacks themselves and what we're talking about. So strap in. Starting in late 2016, baffling and severe cases of illness struck more than three dozen American diplomats and their family members in Cuba and China. The illnesses baffled doctors and seemed to strike completely without warning. The illnesses were marked by an abrupt onset. The victim would suddenly begin hearing strange screeching noises that they perceived as coming from a specific direction. 
Some of them experienced it as a pressure or a, a vibration, or as a sensation, like comparable to just driving a, a car with one window partly rolled down. So the one. The duration of these attacks always kind of ranged from about 20 seconds to 30, anywhere from 20 seconds to 30 minutes, and always happened while the diplomats were either at home or in hotel rooms. Other people nearby, family members, guests, waitstaff, the maids in the hotels, they did not report hearing anything or feeling any vibrations. Now, Ben, we know that vibrations are what causes sound, right? Yeah, but let's keep on going with the mystery. Sure. So, John, it's important to note that some U.S. embassy individuals have reported experiencing lasting health effects. These people that experience these severe illnesses, including one unidentified U.S. diplomat who is said to now need a hearing aid. He was also found to have severe brain damage after this, um, this whatever it was. The State Department soon declared that the health problems were either the result of a mysterious attack or due to exposure to an as-of-yet-unknown device, and declared that they were not necessarily blaming the Cuban government, but they also would not say who was to blame. Affected individuals described symptoms such as hearing loss, memory loss, nausea. Speculation centered around a sonic weapon, some sort of sonic weapon that researchers pointed to using infrared sound that could possibly cause severe neurological damage of some kind. So, without almost any explanation, the United States, after these um, health problems began, withdrew most of its diplomats from Cuba, leaving only a skeleton crew to do basic um, functions. Did they give a reason why? No. That's that's what I just said. Well, they, they, they didn't give vague a Vague explanations. They said there were security concerns. We're taking everyone yeah, out. that's all. So, soon after, in China... The first incident reported by an American diplomat in China was in April 2018 at the Consulate General of the United States uh, in Gangzhou, the largest um, U.S. consulate in China. The employee reported that he had been experiencing symptoms since late in 2017. Several other individuals were taken to the United States for medical examination. Hmm. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo soon stated that the attacks were consistent with those reported in Cuba. Dear God. This is getting darker. The State Department assembled with a ta- they assembled a task force to investigate the reports, and they expanded their a health warning to all of the mainland China, China amid reports some U.S. diplomats outside of Gangzhou had experienced the same crazy brain-scrambling brain injury. The warning told anyone who experiences, quote, any unusual acute auditory or sensory phenomena accompanied by unusual sounds or piercing noises do not attempt to locate their source okay so let's pause real quick so right now what we know and all we know let's not speculate too wild let's try to be more of an educational podcast here so what we know is that diplomats in cuba and in china Mm -hmm. two communist countries american diplomats albeit were experiencing bizarre brain injuries with seemingly no explanation. And we know that in both countries, diplomats from other countries, not America, do we're reside. Not. They're we're in, not. What? Wait, what are you talking about? I'm saying there's uh, diplomats from other countries in, in those countries. Yeah, obviously. And they didn't I have mean, the they, symptoms. They, they didn't have the symptoms. That's yeah, they, they have relations with 
they're two countries, especially China, who has relations with lots of countries. That's my this point. This was clearly an attack specific point. to Americans. Mm. So, John, just as in Cuba, U.S. diplomats in China were soon evacuated with little explanation as to why they were being evacuated from the U.S. State Department. So, And let's not forget a lot of the mysteries we talk about on this show have taken place in the past. This one is seemingly happening in the last year, year or two. So, yeah, still the past, just like, not as Still the past, but just not, not nearly as distant as deep. the past. Yeah, not so, you know, distance. still definitely the past. So, John, I think we need to figure out what, who, and why these attacks are happening. I think it's imperative we find so out. So, soon the government called upon Jason. That is an acronym for an organization. I don't know what it fully stands for. But Jason is a secretive group of scientists established in the 1960s, again, made up of elite scientists, who the State Department generally calls upon to examine... Um, enemy technology that might be affecting our national security. So Jason helps the federal government assess new threats to national security. And after looking into this mystery, it says that it was generally speaking more focused on the on the possibility that some enemy country used some sort of ray gun, specifically a microwave ray gun. So, John, when asked about the microwave theory of the case, the State Department quickly said the investigation was not going to identify the cause of the source of the attacks, at least to the public. And the FBI declined to comment on the status of this investigation or any theories. So, let's break down the microwave theory in layman's terms a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, we're going to later. Sure, okay. So, the microwave weapon theory opens just a scores of unanswered questions. Who fired the beams? Was it the Russian government? The Cuban government? A rogue Cuban faction sympathetic to Moscow? And if so, where did the attackers get the unconventional arms and weapons? Alan H. Frey, an American scientist who is known for the, quote, the Frey effect, discovered that microwaves can cause people to hear bizarre and painful sounds. He deduced that these diplomatic attacks seemed very much like the work of a microwave death ray weapons, which sounds incredibly dark. Yes. Now, so let's just in practice for a second. These rays we're talking about, these microwave death rays, in the movies we prefaced earlier, you see like a hot beam of light, like mm-hmm. a laser almost. Mm-hmm. It seems, if I'm understanding this correctly, these are invisible, undetectable. Almost, yes. Which makes them all the more deadly, right? Exactly. So, Ben, tell me more about what Mr. Frey uncovered. So Mr. Frey, the famous scientist who uncovered the neural phenomenon that showed that microwaves make you hear noises, said the federal investigators have questioned him on the diplomatic riddle and the microwave radiation is considered a possible cause. It's important to note Mr. Frey is now 83. Old as hell. Old as fuck, man. He's basically dirt. And he has traveled widely and long served as a contractor and a consultant to a number of federal agencies. He recently speculated to the New York Times that Cubans aligned with the Russians, which they always a have Cuban been, faction, right? the nation's longtime ally, might have launched microwave strikes in attempts to undermine the, devel- the newly developing ties between Cuba and the United States. Remember, Obama made it so you can buy Cuban cigars. Exactly, in 2015. Yeah. So, quote, It's a possibility, Mr. Frey told the New York Times recently, Quote, in dictatorships, you often have factions that think nothing of going against the general policy if it suits their needs. 
I think it's a perfectly viable explanation. What he means by this is he thinks that it's possible that a rogue Cuban faction somehow got their hands on advanced microwave laser technology and used this to effectively scramble the brains of American diplomats. So, Ben, I've got a question for you, and it's a bit off topic, but I've, I've honestly been wanting to ask you this for a while. Hmm. And, you know, we're talking a lot about dictatorships. We're yeah. talking a lot about... Um, controlling a society. Yeah. And I'm going to ask you this question, not because I think you have a tendency to or want to do this, but because I think you'd be good at it. Okay. If you were a dictator, yeah. Um, like, what would sort of be your means of operandi? Like, what would be, like, well, how would you go about being, how, how would you dictate? Okay, so John, I mean, it, I, it highly depends on the society that I'm born into. Yeah. If I'm a dictator, like, let me put it this way. If I am born in Germany, maybe I... Um, Maybe I have a more right-wing appeal. Maybe yeah. I'm, you know, more about, you know, getting rid of the immigrants and, you know, um, exter- An yeah, ex- exterminating the minorities, that kind of thing. Right. Maybe if I'm born in Russia, I have a more egalitarian appeal. I'm for working for the common man. You know, I want to put arms in the back of the farmers and give the means of production back to the people. Okay. You want to be the scythe in the flag. Exactly. Yeah. The ha- I want to be the hammer of the sickle. You know, mm-hmm. I'm the working man. Maybe if I'm born in a country such as ours, in the U.S., what I do is I somehow promote the theory that one of the political spectrums in our country is um, somehow working for an enemy. You know, they're yeah. the other. Maybe I start talking about one of the um, the left or the right like they're, um, like they're, you know, nations of another country. Some Would you speech. eliminate the powers of the freedom of the press and speech? Would you try, well, would maybe, you, you know, that, uh, yeah. one of the things I would definitely do in the beginning, like let's say I'm an American in a totally, hypothet- yeah, why not? In a totally hypothetical totally situation hypothetical here. trying to be a dictator, what the first thing I do is I really start to question the legitimacy of the free press. Mm-hmm. I think that would be important. I might use phrases like fake news, things like that. I might, I might, I might try to make the general populace believe that I am the only legitimate source of information, and that only the, you can be trusted. Only I can be trusted, and that these other sources of information coming from you know commercial entities obviously cannot be trusted because they have a profit motive. Maybe what I do is I try to find, you know, a certain percentage of the country who um, hasn't had it so good. Maybe they're aggrieved. Maybe they feel like they're left behind. Maybe I try to bring them to my side by making them feel special. I mean, these are these are just the kind of... There are of, parallels I, I'm seeing. I no, don't know what the stop, parallels are. Stop. Just fuck off for a second. Sure. Don't bring up any parallels. But anyway, um... So yeah, in that in that totally hypothetical situation, I think um, it's important for us to uh, to note that I I would have a divide and conquer strategy. Do you okay? Well, let me ask you because I think this is just something I've always seen you doing if you were a dictator, and that's portraying yourself as a sex symbol, like the for, like dictating that into the the canon oh, absolutely. of the um, the country, being like, yeah, Look, guys, Brad Pitt, who get him out of here. I mean, I might, have had, I might have had multiple wives. Yeah, right, Maybe right. instead of going to war, venereal diseases would have been my battle at any given decade. Let's wage a war on STDs. You know, we yeah, talked about the war on drugs. Let's we talked about the war on, on tarot. Maybe I would start, you know. Ben, I think, I think we've honestly spawned, maybe not your dictatorship, but I think there's a platform saying let's wage war on STDs, right? Like, there's well, a no, I mean, let me, let me put it this way. Like, let's, say, let's say that I were significantly older than I am now. Okay, we're talking that, 50, 55? Uh, maybe, like, whatever the age that you would have to be to have served in Vietnam would be. 80. I think McCain 70. was in his 80s. He was in well, Vietnam. Well, okay, from late just, 60s to early 80s. Okay, okay. sure. 
because the Vietnam War went on a while. But I think that um, I think that the first thing I would do if I had been a draft dodger of some kind is say that you know my war was not the Vietnam War, but I was just getting so much fucking pussy that I was. I was trying to avoid venereal diseases. The other thing I would do is I would probably have at least three wives in my past. Okay. Maybe a porn star in there. I but feel yeah. like you have two current wives, one in the past, and like you have two girls. Because you've just got it like but that. That's the, what I'm trying to say. Is, bear in mind, as an American dictator, I'm not going to go against the norms of American society. You don't want to I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be some fucking polygamist here. I will have had one wife at a time who I was not faithful to to betray myself as a sex symbol. But please, John, let's continue. Let's continue. You're right. With, that, let's let's I, continue th- this. Th- I want to thank you for answering my question. So okay. when we last Enough. left off, basically what we were talking about was that a guy named Frey was talking about how that possibly uh, the Cubans, a Cuban faction could have aligned with the Russians to give death rays to people. But let's talk about these death rays themselves and figure out exactly what we're dealing with here. Now microwaves are an ubiquitous in modern life. They're very commonplace. The short rave, the short radio waves used in everyday microwaves, they power radar stations, they cook foods, they relay messages, and they link cell phones to antenna towers. I don't know if you know. They're a form of electromagnetic radiation on the same spectrum as light and x-rays, only just at the opposite end. Mm-hmm. So let me break it down. While radio broadcasting can employ waves a mile or more in length, microwaves range in size from roughly a foot to a tiny fraction of an inch. They're seen as harmless in such everyday uses as microwaving foods and your corn and your frozen burritos. But their small size also enables laser focusing, which is a practice that allows these rays to be turned into beams which can cause extensive damage to living creatures. We're talking fucking burns, cut in half, Um, you know, and they cut through metal. They use lasers for all that. So that's pretty crazy. Now, but at the end of all my explanations, scientists unfortunately say the dimensions of the human head make it a fairly good antenna for picking up these microwave sim- signals mm, that can good. potentially be dangerous. Ben, we've talked about at length about the human brain on this podcast. We've talked about at length mm. microwaves on this podcast, this episode in particular. What's next? So, John, what's next is we go back to our expert, Mr. Frey, who, in addition to being a regular scientist, and is also a, a trained biologist. And he said that he stumbled upon the acoustic potential of microwaves hitting your head and causing noise in 1960 while working for General Electric's Advanced Electronic Center at Cornell University. So a man who measured radar signals at the nearby GE facility one day approached him at a meeting and confided that he could hear the beams pulses when they were experimenting with a microwave gun he said the pulses went they sounded like a zip 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 noise and you know they they hurt his head at the same time so mr Frey's resulting research as a result of the conversation reported that even deaf people people with no ability to hear noise could um actually hear these false sounds caused caused by microwaves Hmm. This actually founded a new field of study in science on radiation's neural impacts. So Mr. Frey's first paper in 1961 reported that the power densities 160 times lower than the, quote, standard maximum safe level for continuous exposure could induce sonic delusions, which in layman's terms... Tell me that in English. So in layman's terms, that means if you focus a microwave enough and aim it at someone's face, it'll... 
cause them to make noise. It'll make noise that they'll hear. They'll be like, whoa, what was that? So, John, I think we've kind of figured out what? This is absolutely our most scientific podcast. No, absolutely. Today. So stop prefacing. God damn it. People hate I'm that. I'm not prefacing. I'm talking. Okay, well, then. anyway, you know. People whatever. do like listening to us talk. If you didn't like listening to us talk, you would legitimately not be listening to the podcast, especially in a 20 minutes deep. Yeah, that's true. But anywho. Um, I'm so allowed John, to talk. I, I, I think, am allowed to talk. I think we've de- I think we've deduced that microwave weaponry does exist. Agreed. And, the, and what microwave weapons do is consistent with... With the reports that diplomats in Cuba and China um, produced. So, you know what I mean? So, the damage that microwaves cause is it makes you get brain damage. A little weird. It makes you hear weird fucking noises. A little off. And it makes you super sick. Mm-hmm. That is what microwave weaponry does. So, I think we can deduce that this was some sort of microwave gun that was fired at the heads of U.S. diplomats in China at the U.S. Have we gone over what the range of one of these devices would be? I'm, I, don't, don't I, don't, we, I don't feel like we have, yeah. We don't, but all I know is this, is that it can be, any, depending on the weapon itself, we know that the Russians were planning on, which we'll, we're going to talk about this sure, more in a okay. second. Then we're going to talk about yeah, not the range, we're, but the weapons themselves. We know that based on the microwave, it can be anywhere from a few inches to a few miles. Sure. Okay. So, John, it's time we now that we know who done it. That Tell some me. sort of microwave weapon was behind this attack. Who done it? Chapter seven. Who done it? The country with the most extensive history of developing and testing microwave weaponry are our old friends to the east or west, kind of depending on where you're. The east, the Russians. Well, if you're in Alaska, it's the stop. West, but, um, just one year before the attacks on U.S. diplomats in 2015. Reports surfaced that microwave-directed energy weapons were reportedly being tested at firing ranges in Soviet Russia. Jesus. The prototypes were said to be designed to destroy missiles. Mm. You see, I feel like if you can destroy a missile, it can destroy a human face. A human brain pretty easily. Yeah. Um, and they these, these uh, weapons may also be incorporated into the arsenal of sixth-generation fighter jets. According to Russian state media outlet Sputnik News, the gun has been developed for use of the Russian military and can be fitted onto existing missile systems. Now, they all said that with a very much thicker Russian accent than I just did. Missile systems. Yeah. This prototype now, can not be... Not only that, they said it in Russian. So That's just, also true. It was just totally different. Right, go on. Okay, so John... Speaking to Sputnik News, a Russian military spokesperson said, quote, The new system is equipped with a high-power, relativistic generator and reflector antenna, management and control systems, and a transmission system which is fixed on the chassis of surface-to-air missile systems. In layman's terms, my Russian comrades, it can destroy any enemy weapon system and totally annihilate a human being. Now, now, is this similar to, like, EMP, electromagnetic pulse? No, because pulse? E- an electromagnetic pulse just knocks out electronics. Sure. This okay. fucking burns holes in metal and, dest- right. and blows your body to fucking shreds. Okay. So, Russia has, now that we know, Russia has developed microwave weapons enough to blow a missile out of the sky. It's time we talk about the motive. Russia does, in fact, have plenty of cause to want to disrupt the growing relations between the U.S. and Cuba. 
Cuba, since the 1950s, has traditionally been a close military ally of the Russians. Oh, shit. I just cut my finger. It doesn't matter. And has provided them with the ability to threaten the U.S. mainland because of Cuba's proximity to the states. Now, John. There's a lot of blood. I don't don't care at all. So, John, since July of 2015, one year before the attacks, the same year, the very same year, the Russians developed powerful microwave weaponry for the first time. Cuba and the U.S. reopened diplomatic relations after a 50-year... Do you 50 think I should get abandoned? Hmm? Do you think I should get abandoned? John, enough! People don't give a shit! So, um... It's really bleak. Anyway, after the Russians, um... You lost my train of thought, thanks. Sorry, man. This so, U.S. and Cuba opened up new relations in 2015, and the Russians clearly have reason hmm. to want to disrupt that. And here's why. So, one, the Russians currently are at odds with the U.S. over, one, the war in Syria. We both have forces on the field that are in proxy war with each other. This is true. Two, the alleged interference in the U.S. election in 2016. No take on that. Seems Three, democracy in general. We're for it. Russia seems to be generally against, against it. it. Not, not Four, big on it. human rights. Um, Vladimir Putin, the current president the current and president of Russia for the past 30 years, has... Um, He's been accused of poisoning a lot of journalists. Yeah, let's he doesn't, start, let's he doesn't, start there. He doesn't like journalists, and he's a big fan of torture. Two, Iran, therefore, them were against them. Uh, six, the war in Ukraine. They just kind of said it was theirs. They said it was theirs. We say, you can't have that, and they're like, sorry, asshole. It, no, it's, it's ours. ours. Yeah, it's ours. And seven, God, oh. I, and, there's a lot of blood. John, enough with the fucking cut. No one cares. So seven. Um, our two nations also have thousands of thermonuclear weapons directly aimed at each other. So basically, you know... The world could end. We're not on the same page for anything. So, um, John, basically in listeners, basically in layman's terms, when it comes to these microwave ray gun attacks, the Russians have the weapons to pull it off, verifiably. They've had them as, as long ago as 2015. They have the motive to do it. They have no interest in Cuba and the U.S. working together. And they've consistently proven themselves incredibly huge dicks. John, I say guilty. Your thoughts? So I just want to say that I'm also... I, I cut my... my, my uh, okay, my, stop talking about your finger. Please. I'm losing a lot of blood. No and, one fucking cares. Talk about the mystery. Um, I, it's not surprising that the Russians would need, lean towards alternative weapons. Uh, if they couldn't, if they couldn't beat us by gun or by missile or by nuclear explosion, um, they would think, "How do we get around that?" Um, while we've continued to focus our just on our dominance in the in the former, they've continued to innovate in the latter, um, finding new ways to attack. Yeah, us. they are a smaller, weaker country. So, and well, th- I mean, they're geographically bigger. Sleepy. Enough about the fucking finger. No one likes a no one likes someone who bitches, especially on a podcast. Enough. You'll die later. So anyway, so yeah, I mean the Russians militarily, the U.S. dominates them. Um, they have a little more nuclear weapons than we do, and honestly, any war between the U.S. and Russia would be a losing war because it would be a nuclear apocalypse. But knowing that they would lose a conventional war with us, I feel like they've gone the diplomatic route, the sneaky route. They've tried to outgame us, so to speak, using small kind of terroristic attacks where they can to undermine our credibility in certain parts of the world, in this case, Cuba and China. What do you think? I think you're 100% right, Ben. I think there's their goal is instability. It always has yes. been. But we're getting way off of mystery topic and talking geopolitics. Look, the rush, somebody out there was going to develop a goddamn ray gun. It was just going to happen. We know it. I guess it's happened. 
It seems but I feel like happened. this is a very. I feel like this is a. It's a primitive the, ray gun. No, yes. I feel like the topic of this podcast is geopolitical in nature because what we, what no, we have, what we have now, folks, is major power diplomacy. And I'm sorry, I have a gas bulb in my chest that is making it difficult. He's to got a heart condition. No, I don't. I've got the heart of a stallion. Right, Ben. I feel like we've speculated. I feel like we've told them everything. Okay, so we wait can. a minute. Let just to, just sure. have, I mean, right now, folks, we're trying to make our podcasts more concise, more enjoyable, more fact, more educational. We're trying to make you, the listener, more satisfied in every way possible by cutting the fat off the okay. edges. I've got a new segment I'd like to bring onto the podcast real quick. It's I'll gonna consider be quick. it. It's gonna be quick. We're gonna test it out. Test All right, then stop talking about test. it. Um, and the, the category is called. Who done it? The Russians. Right. So we've talked about it a little bit at length, but why do they do it? So we just talked about that, John. So from the from the list of seven things that I said before, ranging from democracy in general to human rights to the blah, alleged blah, blah, hacking blah. of the election in 2016 to the fact that our nations have been adversaries since the end of World War II, I think that the Russians have a lot of cause to do this. And the fact that Cuba is a traditional Russian which is close to the U.S. mainland, which allows the Russians to have military bases very close to Florida and threaten us directly. Have you ever been to Cuba or Russia? I've My Aunt Charlotte actually lived in Russia for four years. Do you feel like she was infiltrated at any point by spies? Definitely not. She's married a six-foot-seven-tall Australian guy who's a former professional rugby player and is very, very, very not About about wraps it up. Well, anyway, our sources this evening have been independent.co. Uh, Uncle d- Drew, by UK. the way, mostcomfortableshoes.com. Check it out. Check it out. Um, we got some, some sources from the New York Times, an article written by William J. Brock. Russian state news agency provided comment. Um, Sputnik, another Russian state news, declined comment. The U.S. De- state Department did not return our calls. Um, also, Rick Warren, who's become increasingly affected with Alzheimer's. No, he's not, John. Let's not talk about that. You don't want to talk about it. But He's anyway, fine. Field agent Cassie, who's been on location in Russia, you might remember her from the episode with Tony Lynn. Um, turns out she's kind of just really taken to the investigator life. Good looking lady, too. Let's, let's, oh, let's be real. She is smoking hot. And she will not mind us saying so. No. So, field agent Cassie and Tony Lynn, when they were on the podcast together, let me put it this way they were not afraid to flaunt it. And, ladies, if you got it, let it out. Right. So again, I want to thank um, New Belgium Fat Tire for their continued support. Can we give a quick shout out to all the brothers who ain't here no more? Yeah, I'll, 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 nope, Ben is pouring, a, he's pouring his drink onto my floor. Yep, I'll have that up. Anyway, that about wraps it up for this episode. Ben, you have anything else you'd like to plug? So, John, I would like to thank check out New Belgium. I, would, I would like to thank New Belgium here again, and I would also like to um, implore you to subscribe and review. It is what is on our table chicken in our mouth and cold soup on, on our on our night. At this rate, we are not feeding ourselves very well. So continue to speak for yourself, homeboy. I'm I've well, got we a just, we are, diet. We are we are we are I mean a lot steaks for the fucking breakfast. Yeah, I'm trying to sell it as though they need to subscribe that we are four hungry souls and you're making us out to be like it. But anyway, no I this has been drunk Mysteries. I have caviar in my hand right now.
Ben, do you believe in the afterlife, and do you believe that you will find yourself with a position of power within Valhalla? Look, John, I've been training fighters a long time, and from what I know about every fighter is that they all have something else that motivates them, something deep down. Yeah, what do you and, think that is? And you're about to call me crazy, but I think that Mike Tyson isn't 53-5. and five. He's zero and five. Here's How one. old do you think Mike, Mike Tyson is? He's uh, 55 years old, I think. He's an older dude, but you know what? Mike Tyson was never able to beat opponents that truly matched him pound for pound. And you know what? I think that says something. The best fighters it really, it really does. rise to the occasion. It really does, Ben. Yeah. Anyway, all right, moving on.